everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Pop Collectors Alliance podcast. Episode 120, Funko's Rocky Road, Mondo and End of an Era. I'm your host, Rick, as always, joined by my co-bearded co-host, Captain Strongbeard, Mr. Piper. Friday evening, band going on downstairs. What, what, are, we, what are we thinking today? Very poorly rehearsed cover bands from the early 90s country scene. Oh, Billy Ray Cyrus, don't tell my heart. My achy, breaky heart. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, no. It, it more outlaw country, but yes, uh, there is a loud noises coming below my feet, but we are here to bring you with all the most up-to-date and pertinent information in the world of collecting little tiny plastic men. Oh, yes. Well, this week, we're going to talk a little bit about NFTs like we do every week. Why are uh, we the always upcoming about release. NFTs? I don't know, because there's always a release. It seems like there's every, always a every release week, now. there's a new one. Damn. <laughs> there's 18,000 more packs. Uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the Funko app mystery is what I'm calling it and labeling it. And then get to the main topic for tonight's show, which is Funko's Rocky Road. And we'll talk about the Mondo experience later on. Uh, Piper's got some interesting stuff on that, that app mystery, I can tell you guys now. Very. Um, me and uh, producer Brandon, we were digging into the into the dirty details, and um, we we got a, we got some information for you. So we got all the deeds coming up, but we'll start off with the NFT corner this week. Hanna Barbera. I hear people call it Hanna Barbera, Barbaria. I've I've Do heard people, people call it have, different names. Is their brain don't work good? Do they <laughs> I don't know. know what phonetics are. They're not into like 1960s and 70s cartoons, I guess but so. hey. Again, Funko uh, with Series 2, surprised that we have Series 2 on this. I know that Funko has like long ties and Brian Mariotti and Huckleberry Hound is like his favorite character. So I know why, but again, it's, it seems like it, was, it happened pretty quickly in relative fashions. Like release number one, release number two, back to back almost. We all know my, my stance on Hanna-Barbera. I don't care for it. It's, it's, it's again, it falls into that weird like... Only a very select group of people are into this. Now, I think, I think with the release, there's enough things in there that are like as well known. They're not like ultra ultra obscure. So I think it'll do okay, especially for like cartoon lovers. Anybody that's like into animation stuff, I think this is a good, it's a good investment in. I don't see it as being ultra expensive. It's going to be along the lines of like the the Kellogg's one, like all the baby Kellogg's characters were like. They're going to settle pretty cheap, like 60 to $90. It's definitely not going to be uh, an expensive set. Maybe, maybe the Grail one will be, but uh, I think it's going to be. If you want to get into it, this is a pretty cheap one to start with. Yeah, and just like any other NFTs, it's sort of the, the dying breed of limited edition runs. I think it's where primarily all of that exists in Funko right now. But this set drops. March 28th at 11 p.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time, or wherever you are in the country, they have 18,250 packs of both standard and premium. And the redeemables lineup as we go down the list, I have some notes. I actually did some research on characters, uh, which is, to Piper's point, some of these characters actually kind of bend generations, and people will be able to relate uh, from some perspective. So we'll start with Huckleberry Hound. Everybody knows who that is. That's the Grail. L-E-9-9-9-9. I, are we, we're going to talk about each one individually, correct, sir? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they've done a lot of Huckleberry Hound pops, so I would have liked something different. I don't know what, because I don't know enough about uh, whatever, whatever this is. So, Hanna-Barbera? Yeah, like maybe it, uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Is that Hanna-Barbera? No. Okay. Well, I was close. I don't think so. Maybe like, it is. I know, really I don't know. I just went with my first feel. I'm a, a Flintstones. Is that Hanna Barbera? Yes. All right. Fred Flintstone would have been a better one. Next. What's, what's the next one? Well, they've only released like one set of those, right? So it's yeah, it's like way back in the day. It's no, older, older. No, pops, they also right? did the cereal one. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's Fruity Pebbles. That's not really. I mean, I guess it is and it isn't, right? It's yeah. The icon. only reason I know that is because I have one sitting behind the counter at the store because somebody traded it in. And I was like, "Are you sure you want to trade this in? I'm only going to give you like two dollars for it." And they're like, "Yeah, I'm sure." So, uh, no, no, that's not true. So they did Fred and Barney, which is old, 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 and then there was a Wilma 
and Betty, which were not as old. And then well, they, they did Bam Bam, Bam, Bam uh, and yeah. uh, other lady tiny. <laughs> other little baby. What was it? What was it? Uh, Pebbles. Peb- the Pebbles. Those were like 2017-ish. Yeah, those are Funko Shop exclusives. Yes, they but were. But what I'm saying is, is that, you know, to go back to Fred Flintstone and those, the, the main characters, I mean, they could have, I, I don't know. And that speaks more to the licensing and we'll talk about licensing in a future episode of like how the licensing works, what contracts they have in place to uh, secure it. But uh, moving on, Birdman, first legendary, LE2000, the sets in this for all of the legendaries are 2000 each. So I, I'll go into this and this is like, brought me into sort of a rabbit hole for looking at Birdman because uh, Harvey Birdman, attorney at law should have been Harvey you know, Birdman. <laughs> uh, I should, don't care about, don't care about Birdman needs to be Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. Best. One of the best shows ever made. It's up there with like space Ghost, coast to coast and sea lab. It's, it's, it was, it was necessary. They messed it up. They messed this up. Yeah, the the Adult Swim stuff, that, that's where I said it kind of bridges generations. Like, it's not Harvey Birdman, but you can, it, it, the same outfit, right? Like, if we can get voice like actors. I, yeah, exactly. Do, do Make a custom. Yeah, adapt it. I'm going to uh, buy a bunch sir, of packs so I can make a custom Harvey <laughs> Birdman. Yeah. The, so, the, the interesting thing about all of these characters, I went back and looked at the runs of these shows. So it was Birdman and the Galaxy Trio, and it's 20-episode run from 1967 to 68. And this is where it sort of originated uh, back in the day. And the episodes are kind of split, so they focused on Birdman and the Galaxy Trio. And it's a weird thing, but I would think that something like this would last for longer than 20 episodes in one year, which is crazy to me because I, I guess... Hanna-Barbera in general, when they came out with Harvey Birdman and they brought all the characters back and stuff, and I'm going to go back and watch it. If you haven't seen it, I haven't seen the full series. It's a really funny show. Check it out. I think it's on Hulu, but it's interesting to see that we have 20 episode run, one season, and it's like a character that everybody loved. Saturday morning cartoons in the 60s must have been lit. I don't know. I'm not that old. I'll have to ask Ask my dad. dad. Yeah, we'll have to ask my dad. (laughs) He'll know. Yeah, and then the next character is Mighty Mitor, uh, limited edition, two thousand. Now this one comes from the show Moby Dick and Mighty Mitor, eighteen episode run from sixty seven to sixty eight. And I put WTF very niche, oh, dude. Uh, yeah, so it's like it's 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 a. The point is, you had to look all of these up to figure out who the heck these people are, other than Birdman. We know we we vaguely know what that is, right? Uh, mighty Moby Dick and Mighty Mitor. That's like that's like Weedle and the Needle. Like it's it's so obscure that in your last year in like this like weird like club, you have no idea who these people are, or you're like sixty five years old. Yeah, exactly. And they did, you know, in Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. They brought all these characters back, and they even have this character in the show. It's uh, under a different name, they sort of adapted it, but certainly, you know, I think that if the voice actors and I forget who voices him, but um, I was looking at the cast and crew and I couldn't bring it back up, but I know that uh, there's still voice actors that live today. So I guess if you want to give those pop sign, then you could theoretically. And then um, the last legendary is Mr. Jinx and Dixie and Pixie from Pixie and Dixie and Mr. Jinx. This had at least a 57 run, episode run from 1958. What a great year to 1961, three seasons long. So uh, they, they mentioned some stuff on there that this was kind of counter to Tom and Jerry, which is more uh, physical humor. This was more based off of, you know, uh, what's the word? Comic, comic relief in the sense of like, hey, the character spoke and it, it was traditional cartoons as opposed to the alternate of Tom and Jerry, which is also Hanna-Barbera as well. So, <clears throat> and those cards are in there, which is, which like made me think, why couldn't you put those characters on there? I don't know. But this, uh, fun fact here, this will be the second time that Dixie and Pixie are in Funko Pop form. Uh, there was, was it New York Comic Con like 2019? There Two-pack, were, yep. Yeah, there were numbered, uh, numbered exclusives. There were con only of Dixie and Pixie. They were individual pops and they came together. 
So there's there's that. The only reason I know that is because I have those pops for some reason. Yeah, and then the royalty f- set is Freddie Funko as Letterman with the uh, little Huckleberry Hound doll in his. This hand. is just I don't Greece, know. right? I have no idea. That's what it looks like. Like oh, I went I, to the I went to the carnival with my girl, my best girl, and I I threw some baseballs at a jug, and now I, I got this uh, I got this dog. I got to give it to her when I find her. She's getting like, a milkshake. I got cigarettes rolled up in my <laughs> sleeve, and I'm going to smoke in the hallways at school. But I don't. Twenty three hundred is the LE on the Freddy for this one. I'm not uh, even as interested in this Freddy. Like I'm not this set as a whole. I don't see anything that I would like. I'm not even, I don't even think I want to buy any packs. Do you think they're going to be able to sell 18,000 packs? I hope not. Maybe if they do, it's just because people are buying them. They're now, they're now programmed to be like, well, we got to get these because they're limited. Uh, I don't, I don't know, man. Like I feel like, so I'm, I'm a Freddy collector as everyone who listens to the podcast knows. I say it all the time. And hey, are you a Freddy collector? A little bit. A little okay, bit. okay. Okay. Just need to make uh, sure. So I don't, uh, I feel like with the NFT Freddies, a lot of times it's very forced. It's not like super cool designs. It's just like, oh, here's, here's Freddy Funko, but, and he's holding an object that relates to everything else in the set. Like the Nickelodeon, like, oh, Freddy with the orange blimp and he's got slime on him. I'm like, okay, I get that. Like, that makes sense. But the Reptar one is cool though. No, that's cool. That's not forced. It's like, it's you know, that makes sense. Adapting it. Exactly. Yeah. Moving it. That's in. what Freddie has always been. It's like, okay, how are we going to shoehorn him into like this, like into this universe? And they, they do that very well. Most of the time in this case, it's literally just like, okay, when did these come out? Sixties? What was popular in the sixties? I don't know. High school. And also, uh, Huckleberry, a, Hound. A Huckleberry Hound. That's, that's just give them, make them hold both those things. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want this Freddy. At least I can at least I can separate myself from it. I don't feel like I have to get every single one. But this is definitely like this is a cooler man. Like I, I would be happy taking a break. I haven't I haven't bought NFT packs in months just because there hasn't been like a set that I've been like hyped on. I wanted to get the D and D ones, but I kind of I got lazy on it and I just didn't do it. And this is definitely one of those. I'm just like, I don't need this. And, and, and just cause I don't care about it. Like it's, it's not, it's not my thing. It's not stuff I'm into, but I'm sure there's some people. I don't think, I don't think, I think they're going to burn some. I honestly do. I think some of the packs are going to get burned. So you're saying you're going with prediction of burning. Yeah. It's a burn as, as not a turn. Yep. Well, this is your friend Pro- Pro- prospector, Jimmy. And I'm going to tell you right now that this shit's going to burn about 5,000 packs. So get your what, packs quickly. What do we call this? We call this a, we call this a brick. Is that what we say? Is that what the, is that what the hype beasts, all the, all the shoe kids say? They said it's a, uh, yep. it's a, it's a brick. Kids don't, no, don't get it. But if you notice with House of Dragons, and I'll wrap it up after this, they burn packs and now they're premium Primarily, they burn premium packs, and now their premium packs are like $78 a pack on Atomic Hub. So if you get this weird area where there's, like I say, Prospector Jimmy here, like if you think about that from that perspective, you, you would have thought that Bob Ross would have been just killer. And I guess because of the documentary and everything that came in there, that, that failed. House of Dragons may be a home run. I think it, you're on the fence here. With saying, okay, well, maybe I pocket a couple premium packs if you're prospecting, like if you're trying to, again, like my mindset is, hey, maybe I go on and buy like 10 premium packs and then, you know, that's a lot of money, man. You sure you want to buy 10? That's 300 bucks. But think about it. If they double in value, I can complete other sets. But then you could have a situation like, um, I don't know. I can't think of which one. Okay. Kellogg's is a good one, right? I don't think they sold out on the Kellogg's one. And those packs were like the, the, the base or the standard packs. I think were like $11 on atomic hub up until they, they used them all until you had to. So it's like, you had to redeem it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. It's, it's that's what I say is you're always on the fence there. You never know how far to go. I, I may end up buying like four packs and seeing just because see even goes, yeah, just see how it goes. And then ultimately, if it doesn't, then I just open them. You know, yeah, yeah, maybe sure. get something out of it. Uh, I've had pretty good luck as of late. So, I, you know, it's a gamble that 
even at the very worst, you'll get your money back. So, yeah, I, like I said, I just kind of wish they would have picked even staying within the Hannah Barbera stuff, stuff that's a little more mainstream. Like I like being the person that it's my favorite band and nobody else knows about the band, but sometimes even you got to know about the band before you start talking about the band, you know? I think a rock set would be great too. Like if they had Dude. some bands, that would be, that would be epic. So there's some that I think just won't happen because there's too much, like people are too thirsty for it. Right. I think anime is one of those things. I think Marvel, I think. Well, anime has already happened technically. No. Yeah. No. I mean, last like, airbender, but like yeah, true but anime, like, true. I anime, mean, like I if you. there was like, Toei animation like so if they were like oh here's a bunch of like oh here's some my hero stuff here's some you know whatever could you imagine if they did my hero or dragon ball z yeah. they could sell like sixty thousand packs uh, i think they could probably sell more than that but i think if they did like sixty thousand or less do you know how much those pops would be worth oh my gosh i don't think have they ever done a dragon ball z pop that is actually numbered i don't mm. think they have I don't think so. I think they've always been exclusives. I know that there are quote unquote, what would be considered number ones. The first that comes to mind is planet Arlia Vegeta. Right. And you look at the price of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's dangerous. Imagine a, imagine a dragon ball Z pop with a 999 piece limit. Like a golden Frieza. Ugh, no, don't do golden. I don't know yeah. enough about dragon ball Z to throw anything out there, but they, if you had like a cool something real, real cool, and uh, if it was limited to nine hundred ninety nine pieces, man, oh my gosh, you're talking about like a talking like a five six thousand dollar. That's crazy. It would it would be it would blow up the market. I mean, but something like that, like if they ever get, I wonder if they hold licenses in their back pocket. So if NFTs start to like slow down, yeah, is there another avenue to release it? But anyways, let us know what you think of this set. I think this one's an easy pass, or if you're going to invest, invest in the packs and see if you can make a little bit to purchase other things and complete royalty sets that you're looking at. Uh, but let us know what you think uh, on all of our socials. That's at Pop Alliance Pod, Twitter and Instagram. You can go Pop Collectors Alliance. Yeah, I can't even read today. But you don't even know where our stuff <laughs> Info at. at popcollectorsalliance.com. We were just talking about reading copy earlier. Just hit us up on all the socials, facebook.com slash popcollectorsalliance, and do the shameless Patreon plug, patreon.com slash popcollectorsalliance, select the tier that's right for you. And now over to Pipers for some Funko at Mystery question mark. Ooh, okay. So I know that people have most likely been aware uh, for, I don't know, a few weeks now. The Funko app has not been working right. Well, it, it doesn't usually work right. There's usually prices are off or like it crashes on you or whatever. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, a lot of people have been complaining about the fact that their, uh, their collection does not exist in the, in the app. Like you could see your dollar amount, but there's no, like it doesn't break down. It's just like, Oh, there's nothing to show here. Sorry. We can't show you pictures of your collection. Cause we don't know what you have, but we know it's worth $16,000. So looks like Funko finally fixed that. Uh, that has been, uh, all it's all tied up with a bow but something kind of strange happened um now if you go into the funko app there are certain pops that have new statuses because before it was always unavailable vaulted or available that has been this kind of standard on on every single pop it's going to fall into one of those categories well somebody recently figured out that some of the Bo Jackson uh, NFL pops have, I don't know if somebody came across a bunch of them or if Funko decided to put them back out there as a unvaulting, however you want to, however you want to categorize this. But um, once that happened, uh, so producer Brandon and I, we, we were chatting about it and I was like, dude, did you see this? Cause he's, he's a big sports guy, right? And he was like, yeah, he's like, I saw someone post about it. And he's like, the interesting thing is if you go look at that pop and you look at the status on there, the status says approved. Like, okay, what does that mean? Like, why, why would you have a, why would you have a pop on there that has the status of approved? They've never, they've never had that. That seems like that's an internal 
label that should be on a product. Okay. So we started doing a little bit more digging and along with the Bo Jackson, there are some other pops that also have this approved status. One of them being the Pi Day box launch exclusive Spider-Man. Okay. Now that is a, that's a, a retailer exclusive. And we all know, maybe you don't know, maybe you're new and you're still learning, but retailers tend to not have their pops vaulted. They usually have the ability if they need to, they can reorder them or something along those lines. Right. I'm not, we're not, we don't work at Funko, so we don't know the whole process, but hot topic, you know, they will, they will put stuff back out there. GameStop, they'll put stuff back out there. So obviously they have some ability to reorder stuff. So those things don't get vaulted, but this Spider-Man now has the same approved status that the Bo Jackson pop did. That seems to be coming back out on the market. We dug even further and we found there are also some items in there that have another status called pending submission, right? And some of the pops that you can, you can go look up yourself, uh, go look up the older NHL, NFL, and NBA pops. A lot of them now have a status of pending submission along with the Kool-Aid man from 2019 and, uh, Specifically, if you want to go see a good example of a, a, a basketball one, there's um, the Michael Jordan number 84. It was exclusive to somewhere. I don't remember where it was, uh, but all of those have that pending submission. That does not seem like that needs to be public facing. Like, w- w- like what does that? W- we'll stop we'll, before we get even further in here, Ricky. Let's let's do a little brain dump here, and what do we think that this actually means? Well, I'll take the front end of that and say it sounds like somebody in the GUI graphical user interface for those who don't know about that uh, but <laughs> the drop down in their GUI probably was like they should delete those options because it probably flows in and they were I, I don't know what pending submission means but if it ties to things being out there does that mean hey this could be a potential re-release or we got a shipment in because You know, I can say that I don't believe that Funko's logistics piece of their business is their strongest. And if you follow, you know, their calls and everything that we've been talking about earlier this year about, hey, they're actually getting rid of $36 million worth of pop potentially, their logistics can't be as strong as they think. So in some cases, like we said before, they could have, if they're prioritizing these orders, getting them in late and maybe they... I'm going to give them the benefit of doubt. Maybe they did it in error and they said, Hey, this is vaulted, but then a shipment of like a thousand come in and they're like, Oh, well, we've got to figure out something. They're going to be in the market. Is this like sort of something to flow up the chain that actually got put on the front end of the app? That's my, my two cents on that. The other thing that I was thinking here, <clears throat> what if the approved has to do with a licensing thing? which would make sense. Well, that, that was the initial thing until we found out, well, there's some other items that are non-sports related that are under the approved. Because I initially thought, okay, the Bo Jackson thing, maybe that was one of those situations like Michael Jackson or uh, Tom Cruise from The Mummy where they did not want to vault them, but they had to pull them from market because of some reason. The Tom Cruise one, because he is a, a wild, crazy man and he has absolute control over his image. And if he doesn't like something... He has the ability to basically say, hey, yeah, I know you guys have been working on this for a year and you just made, you know, 10,000 pops, but I don't like it. So it's not going to be for sale or I'm going to sue you. Or like Scientology powers engage. <laughs> basically, man, like with his, his magic stick waving around and all the stuff. <laughs> it goes away. Or like Michael Jackson, like his estate. Basic. I, I don't know if, it was, if they sued or they sent a cease and desist, but that's why if you go in the Funko app. You cannot find the old Michael Jackson pops because there there's some litigation stuff there. Now there are if well, I won't say that. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but uh yeah. Anyway. Uh <laughs> moving then, right along. But the sports I could see like, okay, NFL says, Hey, you guys can't use this person's image because XYZ. Okay, that would make sense because Bo Jackson, you know, he's retired Hall of Fame dude. And so maybe there's some kind of stuff there. Because if you look through it, it's mainly it was mainly until we found a bunch of stuff that was like, okay, this doesn't make sense. Cause one of them was like the zombie Wolverine has an approved status. 
like that doesn't make any sense at all. So, so it, it is not that, but we thought maybe, okay, maybe it's a licensing issue maybe. And now they've, the license has finally been approved and then they're able to pull it out of being vaulted. Cause maybe it was actually, I don't know because we talked about this last time. Funko does not track like there's no historical data on status changes. So you can't go in and say, okay, this item came out this day. It was vaulted on this day. And then we go from there. You know, you can't see that. Yeah. Funko made a change. So Funko pulled it actually out of the vault, right? That, 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 that information is not available. Uh, so they, if they change it, unless you know for sure, and you've checked and you, you you've written down, be like, yep, zombie Wolverine. It was in fact vaulted and now it's not, you can't see that. Right. And there's no like way back machine for like the Funko app where you can see like anything, you know, previously. So it, it becomes difficult, but you know, maybe the Bo Jackson one was just listed as unavailable and you know, or maybe it was incorrectly categorized as vaulted. If that, if that is actually the case, it's so hard to say without being absolutely certain. Now I do know Brandon's very anal about things and he was able to verify there was, I forgot which pop, but it was like, I believe it was an NHL pop that was in fact categorized as vaulted that is now listed as approved. So I don't know. I don't know what that means. And I think this is important to me for transparency, especially for collectors dealing with Funko's stance on, Oh, once we vault something, it's gone. Like there, it, it's documented. Funko has said that that's what happens. And people have an issue with the fact that they have stated that. And now are there potential things that are coming out of the vault that are not coming in new boxes that are not, there's not something that's changing about them. They are in fact just reproducing these old molds with these same boxes with a new date stamp on the bottom. That's a problem for some people. And it, it's, it's something we, we need to know, honestly. And I, I took it upon myself. I reached out to Funko. I was like, Hey, look, we need to know this. And I gave them all the information that we had. And Funko looked at the tweet that I said, or the, the, the DM on Twitter. They looked at it. I know what time they looked at it and they didn't respond to me. Then I messaged them again today and I said, Hey, just giving you guys a chance to respond back to me. Please give me some information and radio silence. So Funko does not want to respond to this. They don't want to. And this is, and I think more so than them not wanting to answer this question. I just think it, it, it is a giant glaring spotlight on the biggest issue that I have. And I think Ricky has, and it's, and it's not throwing shade at Funko. It's not me trying to be negative because Ricky and I, we've talked before we're, we are realists. All right. I don't, I don't go out of my way to say, Oh, Funko's crappy because of this, or they're great because of this. We just, we present the facts and we say, this is how things are going. And from my perspective, I may like something or may dislike it, but I don't try to like throw them under the bus, talk about how terrible of a job they're doing. But I think the lack of transparency here is a huge deal for collectors. Either don't pretend to be transparent and then just blow people off when they have these questions, right? Either just be, yes, we are transparent. Here's the information. If you have questions, we'll be glad to answer it. Or... Don't pretend. Just be like, yeah, no, we're not giving you this information. It is what it is. If you like our product, great. If not, there's the door. Get out of here. We don't need you. So I don't, I don't know. I was not happy with the fact that they wouldn't respond to this, but I am more intrigued in the fact that I would like to know what this stuff means. Yeah, I think that's a lot of really good points there too. And I think it speaks to the one thing that I think universally, regardless of who you are, that Funko has never done a great job of, and that is transparency. And you mentioned it before, right? It's, it's communicating at a high level to your customer and fan base what's going on. And regardless of what theories that we may or may not have along the lines of what they're doing here or what they're not doing here, the concerning thing is, is that I don't think they'll ever let up on that front. Whether it's, you know, creating a new status that says on hold, pending licensing approval. I, I mean, some of that information is public today anyways. So unavailable to me is like on hold, but there are cases, and I think that we can almost verify that now, where there have been vaulted items that 
have been re-released, whether that is from a retailer exclusive or the case in the NHL pop that we've heard today, that exists. And I think the problem with Funko is, is that they don't want to talk about it and the system that they have in place and, and sort of tying off on another discussion is companies like this in the collectible market could utilize proper development of any app or thing that they put out there to correlate their data across all fronts. Now we talked about like, what are the problems with the Funko app tying in PPG, bringing that on the back end? Like they are not a small company anymore and they have the ability to reach in and they've already partnered a dealership, a deal with eBay in the front of like selling, like you're the official secondary market retailer for us. Well, Hey, can we get your API? And that's like for layman's terms, that's like functionality that works with your app and their app and pulling information or data, querying it, searching for it. And then you can block out fields like damaged pops or nomenclature that you don't want to query and put into your app for statistics. They never release that portion of what their IP is or isn't, nor should they. But for that matter, you're never going to get the inner workings for it. And that's so frustrating from our standpoint, because even asking a simple question is, hey, why are these statuses there? And you just get radio silence. I mean, you would think at least they'd be like, okay, well, we're not re-releasing these or come out and say, we're not unvaulting these pops. And in, in the cases of if we ever decide to, something will be different. And that's why I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, maybe it's something that just came in and they found some. I think that's highly unlikely. I think actually your theory, Piper's a lot more closer to what truth and reality is, is that maybe it is some sort of licensing or information on that side that they're getting approvals for or don't have approvals for or renegotiating, whatever that may be, that they're statusing and they shouldn't. Uh, but, but again, speaking to their transparency completely lacking and their inability, I guess, at this point to coordinate development in their app. I mean, you never know about functionality in that app. We were just talking before the show and I was like, hey, there's like 12,312 vaulted items on here that were never here before. They never brief their investors or their fan base or customers in general as to, Hey, here's our technical roadmap of what we want to do with the app. What are our goals with the app? How can I increase functionality? I mean, even in the, my job day to day software development and managing it, you know, we even in my company brief what's coming up, right? Like it's, it's hard to believe that a consumer company wouldn't do that. No, especially, especially when they're like, so heavily involved in the NFT space. NFTs are all about roadmaps. Like what, what is the functionality of this thing? This is what the future, this is what we're projecting. This is where it's going. Like what doesn't matter if it's that, or if it's like software development or, or anything, they are, they are trying to be cutting edge. Funko is for being a, a company that makes big headed plastic toys, right? They're trying to be very forward thinking, but in doing so, they're so short sighted. Like, Yes, they want to do all these like fancy things, but like they're not open about it. We don't know where it's going until it gets there. And I don't even think Funko knows where it's going until they, someone there just like says, hey, look what I did today. I, I, I did this thing and now it, it works better in the app, but I accidentally included a bunch of internal fields that we're not going to fix for six months. It's, it's just crazy. And I, I don't know, man. It's, it's so weird. Like it would just be nice to have like milestones. Like, this is eventually, we're going to get to this point. Here's what you can expect. Here's what's probably going to break our app. Here's what's going to frustrate you. But in the end, you're going to get happy because you, you got this thing over here. It, doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. We just want transparency. That's the one thing we ask for. And, you know, this isn't, I know people are acting all pissed about this, honestly. And I'm more like, I think, intrigued about what these things mean because, one, I'm, I'm not a, like an NFL or NHL collector, so I don't care about them. Honestly, I know a lot of people will be because it's going to, it could essentially, you know, affect the, the price of things. Maybe if there's a, a lot of new product that's coming out, that's being pushed out, if it actually was a re-release and not like a oopsie doozy, we found a crate of these in the warehouse and we sold them to whoever, 
you know so i don't i don't know but i would i think the, the all i'm getting to about this whole thing was something interesting happened there's some new stuff that we found i would love to find out more information about it but we're not going to get it and we will probably never get it and potentially after me reaching out and saying this and i'm sure other people have reached out about the same thing it's probably just going to go away you won't see those statuses anymore it'll just be it'll go back to available unavailable vaulted so right now though go look around the funko app there's a bunch of new statuses that didn't exist before and who knows what they mean yeah i agree it's just something that they have to work on internally i I think that where they are with all of the drama and things that are going on in the background and what we're going to cover something today. something new every day, man. You got to come out like with something school. positive. We're rooting for them, right? We want them to do well. It's something that we've collected. Not only that, like look at the time and the investment that fans and, and people that cover. I mean, we've done 120 episodes on a podcast, Talking Pops, 300 episodes. You have a fan base that's like wanting certain things. And I think there is from a stakeholder's perspective, enough people that are sort of demanding these things and to sort of change face and be more open and transparent could actually help them in the future. So uh, more to come from that. We'll see what comes out of it, but it's just interesting details. And it just seems like the problem is, is when the boat starts to leak, everybody's looking for holes. And if there's any avenue in there or slip up for them that you know, them being Funko in this case, for them to mess up, people are going to just jump on it right now. And that's sort of the transition uh, that we're going to get to here in a moment. But before we do that, I want to talk gotta, about... we got to do something we've never done before, right? Yeah, the, that's something that's real and not promoting other podcasts or things along that line. But it's uh, first on our, I guess a mid-roll. Is the first, this is the first time we've ever done a mid-roll. This is a milestone for us. We have our very first sponsor for our podcast and saying that I think we need to take a break right now so that we can maybe pay a bill. I would say it's our second sponsor of the podcast. Oh yeah. We don't talk about the other one though. Yeah. <laughs> the very first true sponsor that we're getting behind, but let's take a little break and hear a word from our sponsors. Hey there, adventurer. Get ready to embark on an Epic journey with Mythcraft RPG. Pack your bags, evil ghoul. Mythcraft is the ultimate TTRPG system and universe brought to you by the Homebrew Network in partnership with Quasi Real Publishing. With one of the most robust character creation systems on the market, you'll have the power to design and play your dream character in a huge narratively rich universe. Choose from 14 lineages, 11 classes, countless occupations and profession options, and a ton of talents. Dragon King. Discover endless intriguing and unique combinations to create your perfect hero. And the best part? You'll get new options for your character with a new talent point every level. Mythcraft needs your support to make this happen. Check out the Kickstarter at MythcraftRPG.com and get ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime. Mythcraft RPG Kickstarter is open until April 19th. You won't want to miss out on this thrilling journey. Let's do this. That's MythcraftRPG.com. All right, and we're back. Uh, big shout out to Mythcraft. I called it Minecraft earlier. That was terrible. We were going through the the ad prep, and we, I said Minecraft RPG. No, no sir, it's, it's, it's not the same. It's a different thing. <laughs> Do they? I think they even have Minecraft RPG because I see videos of it. Minecraft Dungeon. Is a, yeah, is a, is a, it, that's a very good game. Me and my kid have been playing it like every night when she comes home from school. It's a good game. It's like Diablo, but everything is square. <laughs> everything is square but moving on to the meat and potatoes of tonight's episode like we said before the biggest thing with funko right now if there's a hole in your boat people are going to look for more holes all over the place and again where we say funko's rocky road and the mondo end of an era funko and yet another turn of events has decided to 
They said fired, but lay off really several key employees from Mondo. Uh, to give some background, we're going to credit the Austin Chronicle article, and I'll put it in the show notes if you want to read it yourself. But uh, just a top level review is like the employees, they, these were core members. Some were founders of Mondo. And if you don't know what Mondo is, they have other branches like uh, vinyl in terms of records and also toys that they create too. But originally they started as a company art design prints and they, they were a subsidiary of the Alamo draft house. One of the best theaters out there. People from Texas won't know what it is. And it is phenomenal. It is the best movie theater you could ever hope to go to. Well, I was in Washington DC this week in crystal city, which is in Arlington, Virginia. They have an Alamo draft house there. Oh really? I thought they were only here. No, it was there that they've expanded, but it's a small, I would say they're not like every single place, probably major cities and things like that. But yeah, I was surprised to see it when I was walking to, it's literally next to the place I was meeting at. And I was like, Oh damn, man, I wish I had time. Got to go to a movie, man. Yeah. So Mondo started early in 2001. That wasn't when the company formed, but as part of Alamo draft house, when they opened their doors in Austin, Texas, to create posters and things for screenings that they were doing. Eventually in 2004, they opened up a Mondo Tees inside of the theater. Uh, So that's their official start date. Um, And then eventually Mondo Gallery in 2012, which is a brick and mortar place to sell their prints. Now, these are not just your typical prints. These are artsy designs working with credible, established artists across the industry to create these posters. So I have a cup, uh, one poster from fight club. Piper, you said you might have one too. Yeah, I do. And actually, so they also do, or they have been doing, I don't know how long they've been doing it because I don't keep up. I'm not, I don't have a room on my walls for things. We got too many pops everywhere, but, uh, they do drops. So like you can go and get, you, you can purchase a print, but the print will only be up for X amount of time. And if you don't get it, then you miss out. Like the, they just had one the other day. Uh, it was a cocaine bear one, which is the most outlandish, insane movie ever. And <laughs> this, the poster just looked like a fever dream. And it's like, they do a lot of really cool. Some of it's kind of more avant-garde, obscure kind of stuff. And then some of it's just like amazing. And they do like standard prints. And then they also do like metal prints. So the stuff, you know, you stick it on the wall with like magnets and stuff. They, they have a lot of, of things. And I, for one have, I love it, dude. Like they've, they put out some really, really cool, cool stuff. Yeah. If you haven't searched them up, go and go ahead and do that. You'll see some of the great prints. I mean, all of it, nostalgia movies that you love, it, it's all there. And that's one of the things that Mondo had done successfully over the years is getting IPs and licenses. They worked with game of Thrones, Nickelodeon, Disney, and tons of other like Fox and places like that to get licenses, to make these prints. And they were so popular that they grew to even have their own convention called MondoCon up until about 2018. Uh, so now we start the transition because you're saying, well, they're part of Alamo Drafthouse. Why are they in Funko? And why is Funko making a decision to let go of those core members uh, of the print team? Uh, basically, Alamo Drafthouse, when the pandemic hit in 2020-2019 timeframe, you know, movie theaters, they were just like decimated with people not being able to go see movies and things along those lines, even to the point where the Alamo draft house founder, Tim league had to auction off some of his original Mondo prints just to cover running costs. So unfortunately in 2020, they, they had to close down the Mondo gallery and Mondo prints works just because uh, to save, you know, coin because the theater's losing money. They need to restructure. They filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy in 2021 so all part of that is like restructuring, reorganizing, and taking their brand. So ultimately, uh, last June 2022, Mondo was sold to Funko from Alamo Drafthouse. Uh, I don't know if that's the actual parent company name, if they have one of those shell names. It's like whatever. But uh, they were sold to Funko, and subsequently, we are to where we are today. So if you look at the history of this uh, and the partnership as it started with Funko last year, at the San Diego Comic-Con, they had like a Mondo Records thing. So the Think Vinyl Records um, a display that was set up at San Diego Comic-Con. And it's not just anything that's crazy. They have the artwork, the designs, unique things. They did something for The Mandalorian where they had soundtracks for episodes that were put on vinyl. So really unique things. Those avenues, uh, as we get to where, to where we are today, 
the vinyl records and the toy piece of Mondo, which are not really what they're really, really known for. They're really known for prints and how successful they were for making collectible prints. Those two, the toy and vinyl records are staying on, but most of the team that supported the prints of what they known for that artist team was laid off. So as part of nobody, you- nobody needs posters, sir. They only want toys and, and vinyl records and, and, and that's it. But that's what we're known for. Nah, it doesn't matter. Get out of here. You don't uh, have a job anymore, sir. Mr. Funko, please. No, don't, don't grovel at my feet. <laughs> so see these business shoes <laughs> and this fancy shoe suit with my slick back hair. I make the decisions around here. Uh, but Funko announced their fir- their fourth quarter losses uh, and to the tune of $47 million, which is what we've talked about, why they're getting rid of $36 million of product, and then potentially laying off like 10% of their workforce, which there was a tidbit fact in there. They said the only division of Funko, we mentioned this before, that did not lose money and made profit for year to year was Loungefly. And I found that interesting. Dude, people need backpacks and purses and fanny packs and uh, uh, what else? They got stickers in there probably too. What else does Loungefly do? They got sunglasses? Lunch boxes. You said that right. Nope. I said uh, backpacks. Fanny pack. Fanny packs. Yeah. Lunch boxes. Hats. They, uh, I don't know. Lanyards maybe. But they've been killing it. They have been killing it. Dude, they have great product. I would say very high quality and it's the designs are very cool like they do a great job we have i mean i I like them i i can't wear a tiny backpack but i think they're cool oh you've worn a tiny backpack before (laughs) i've worn a tiny (laughs) backpack before uh if anybody wants to know about that you can go to our youtube channel youtube.com slash c slash pop collectors alliance that's not say that 10 times fast (laughs) i know forgot you gotta put the c in there for some reason channel is what that stands for oh really that's crazy It is. But again, those losses that Funko had in fourth quarter of last year really drove these decisions. And unfortunately for Mondo, that was that print team. And this is not a small story. Uh, gave you the background where we are today. I was looking online. Everybody's carrying this story. Everybody, major news <laughs> is carrying this story. So it's not something light because Mondo was was huge. I mean, if not, you know... Unfortunately, the losses that they had taken, they were sold, but still they, they're not a company that no one knows about. No, it's, and it's, it's one thing when you're talking about toy collectors, it's another thing when you're talking about like movie aficionados and like film buffs, because this was, they were ingrained in that, in, in that whole like sphere. And that is a very deep and very passionate group more so than I think like toy collectors are people have, there's a special connection people have with movies and a company that was producing really high quality, really amazing stuff that catered to this incredibly diehard and dedicated fan base. It's a big deal. A very big deal. And I was looking at the names even before this comic book.com, the rap, the verge, MSN, IndieWire, Gizmodo, all these places are, putting this out there because I would say everybody at those companies know who Mondo is, what they stood for. And this core team of artists, this is the second core team of artists that we've seen. And not just at just the lower level people like doing designs and things like that. It's, it's executive leadership teams that are just getting completely wiped off the map. And Piper and I were talking before this, the company I work for, when you talk about layoffs and things like that, you typically have a segment of your workforce that you, you target and whether it's poor performers or whoever they are, it's not typically higher ups at the company that get the, the battle ax. And in this case, it just seems, and this is under Mariotti too, which is all of this has happened since he's taken the helm back as CEO. And it's, I don't know if it's concerning or what they're doing to themselves in the long-term implications, um, impl- implications, implications of what they're going to do and how they're going to get talent that wants to come there. Because what are you telling talent out there, potentially, if you're laying off all of your creative directors? Uh, you don't universally like the way it's headed. We said that 
yeah, you're a big company. There's always going to people be people to backfill those that you let go, but are those the right people? It doesn't honestly make any sense. I don't, I don't know where they're going with this. Like I get it. If like, if Funko's is, is hard up for money. Okay. You need to cut. That's just part of like, that's, that's how you run a business, right? You, you figure out what are some things that you can like cut to save money so you can pay the bills and, and keep at least some of your workforce employed and, and not just like crumble into a pile of dust. Right. And that, cause that would be very sad A company that's, you know, Funko's been around since what? 98. So they're, they're trying to, they're trying to not implode. And I get that. Right. And sometimes there, there are, there are casualties and it sucks. It sucks real bad, but it seems like strange unless like, we don't know. Maybe, maybe Mondo was like making no money. Maybe they were costing Funko a lot of money, but I can't imagine that. Like, I don't, I don't know, but it just like, it seems like that is not the best route to go. Just like axing a whole, like when you're, your affiliate or your sub subdivisions of your company. It, it doesn't, doesn't seem to like tick. So it, it feels like not trying to be like, Oh, there gotta be more there, but it kind of seems like there might, there might be something else at play here. And I don't like to think that uh, uh, maybe it's just like a, it, it came down to, yeah, Hey, this is costing us way too much money. And the only divisions here that make any sense are the albums because albums actually do make money. Like there, it's a huge industry, you know, hipster kids like, like their vinyls. And you know what? I think I forgot what year it was. It was a couple of years ago. They're talking about, it was the first time in history that, that vinyl sold more than like CDs did. And that's kind of like a weird, crazy thing because it's an antiquated technology. But I mean, there's money there. And obviously Funko, anything that's producing like toys, that makes sense that Funko's gonna be like, okay, you're going to stick around. But it seems like that they could have like, use that talent other other places like okay i can see like downsizing a little bit but i don't know man it's it's just it's just wild one of the things that i was thinking about uh, possibility before the episode is what we had talked about on previous episodes where you have ip that used to be there with movie releases prior to 2020 where you had all of these lineups every year and that's kind of decreased to a percent of like 30, 40% when I was looking at statistics of big name movie releases that are going out there. So with less IP and new properties, that could play a role too. Like there's not enough posters out there to create enough of to warrant that line of business being, you know, a main focus of what Funko's doing today. But I, I think the way that TV and film have sort of matured over time and evolved there's a lot more people watching Netflix. There's a lot more people watching Hulu and original series and Apple TV, uh, Apple Plus and Disney Plus and things along the lines where these new IPs are being produced. I would find it hard to believe that that's a sole driver in it. It may be to some extent, but to the point earlier, there is a market there. I never even knew. You know, we talk about like people buying the steel Blu-ray DVD collectible things, but there's a huge market out there for movie posters. And there's a group of people that I had talked to way back in the day when they were saying that, you know, their friends had worked for like Regal Cinemas or AMC or Cinemark where they get those big, you know, the movie posters that are in the theaters. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like three or four feet tall ones, like the big giant ones that are in the light boxes. Yeah. Those things are super collectible and worth hundreds of dollars sometimes, which is crazy. Yeah, you know who the number one uh, purchaser of those are? I can guarantee you. I don't even have to look it up. Who? TGI Fridays. Really? Because <laughs> no, of the store. No, You go in there, they got posters everywhere. Yeah, exactly. They got a shark head. There's an upside down, like a rowboat. They got all kinds of stuff. It's That's who it is. Only be, That's who's keeping the movie poster industry afloat. It's TGI Fridays. And Planet Hollywood. But I think they went, <laughs> they went bankrupt maybe. I don't know. <laughs> They're gone. Thanks a lot, Bruce Willis. Screwed it up too. Sylvester Stallone. It's, it's Funko, taking, Funko taking tips from Bruce Willis on how to run their company. These things... What things internal to Funko right now? You gotta think, and we're not covering this from a negative well, perspective. Not they're not thinking. That's what it, it is. Well, I'm talking about us thinking here. Oh yeah, you have to think. think. <laughs> Sometimes 
you have to think that the workforce trimming would come with what we talked about early in the episode, transparency. And I went back. Go ahead. I just realized something. Go ahead. It's not workforce trimming. You know what it is? What is it? Well, it is trimming, but they don't use scissors. Funko's not using scissors to trim the, the fat. They're using hand grenades. And chainsaws. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a hand grenade connected to a chainsaw. And they just throw it at, at something. To, you know, you think about, oh, throw a dart at a board and wherever it hits, that's, that's the, what the division we're going to get rid of. No, they take a chainsaw, strap some grenades to it, throw it at the, at the wall, and then it blows up. And they're like, yeah, that part of the company, not here anymore. That's what just happened. Like, oh, sorry, guys. This, uh, you, were, you, you, you got uh, trimmed. It makes me think of idiocracy when they <laughs> use yes. water on the plants and they stop using Brondo and they come into the White House and he's like, the computer thing he just said, we weren't selling, so we had to lay off a bunch of people. <laughs> like it's programmed <laughs> into there. So they laid off of their Brondo thirst, the, the thirst annihilator or whatever it's called. But yeah. I, I feel like he's like, what do you, you got water in here? And he's like, what, like out the toilet? <laughs> I love that movie. I do too. We, you know, the, the, everybody was joking, oh, the United States is just idiocracy. No, you know, Funko is just idiocracy. Yeah, and I think that they, it speaks to, let's combine a couple of things. Being transparent. So I went back and looked that at... That seems to be the theme. Can we change the name of this episode to Funko? Have you ever heard of transparency? Question mark. Uh, no. <laughs> but when you go back and you listen to those calls and the st- stock, the stock, what a moment. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Stockholder calls. Um, okay. That. When they, when they give these calls to people and they're talking about strategy, it's always at like the 50,000 foot level. Like, Oh, we're going to get more IP. We're going to do this and that. You gotta be like here. There's no plan on how to do it. They're just going to do it. It's like big blocks, right? On a schedule yeah. instead of like the, the down level of fidelity that you need to like talk about, Hey, this is a, a, to accomplish this. We're going to do a, B, C, and D. Well, that's what we need, right? We need that level. And then when you talk about forward thinking and forward leaning, when it comes to this, you got you to gotta build a roadmap and stick to it. One of the things that Funko has done bad, in my opinion, and again, we're not complaining. We're just pointing out the obvious. It's is realism. We, we continue. There's a theme of realism. They take the, like you said, Piper, they take whatever dart and throw it on the wall and see if it sticks on product placement and development. Uh, what they do really well is licensing. And they never play to that strength other than they say, well, we've got all these licenses, so we need to make all these new product lines to accommodate those licenses. So then you get sodas that are mimics of pops, and then you have pops and movie moments and things along those lines that maybe the strategic vision from that standpoint really isn't there. And they aren't focused on consumer base, that's communication, transparency, coupling that with forward thinking, innovation, new designs, new products, what do people want? And then that sort of derails your train, right? Because you've been so successful to some point by just getting all these licenses and then putting products out with those licenses. However, you didn't focus enough on innovation in what the consumer base wanted. Like who did the, the, consumer research on the gold stuff, right? Like, or who did, are they still making those? Yeah. Or who did the research on, uh, let me, the hero's world. Like, where does that research exist and why was it decided? I don't need to know that, but those are the questions I would have and how that aligns to your strategic vision. And we don't get that level of fidelity in those calls, nor the transparency. I mean, we could say that about literally every product that Funko has ever made, except for sodas mystery minis and pops because it is it it's that shotgun approach we always talk about this funko takes a shotgun approach where they're like we think that people will like this we don't know but we're gonna put out as many things as we vaguely think are going to be cool and those things turn out to not be so cool unless it's dorbs which actually were cool but people were not smart enough to realize it and now they're dead and I blame it on the, the fan base. That's, that's <laughs> I turn everything into a rant about Dorbs now. I wish we got to make it happen, kids. Let's just 
They're Seriously, they're alive yeah. and well at the store though. I got a big old pile of them. They're four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Seriously though, I, I honestly think that 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 Funko, yeah, just like you're saying, it's like it's there's no like foresight. Like they don't think about it. They don't they don't study. They don't. There's no market research. There's no like just ask people. Just show a picture of him. Be like, hey, would you buy this figure that's either four or twelve inches tall and is only sports or musicians? The answer is probably going to be, no, I don't want that. I don't care about that. If I wanted an action figure, I would buy like a nice action figure or I'd buy a statue. I don't need that. If I'm going to buy a vinyl thing from Funko, I want it to be a pop. Make that character, make me another easy E pop or Snoop. Well, we don't need another Snoop Dogg because they just came out with like eight different ones. But my point still stands is the fact that they need to think about things before they dump a bunch of money into it. And then just throw it away. $36 million away. That's what, it's all because of gold. How much do you think they, how much money do you think they put into gold to make it happen? All the license, oh, I mean, they probably already had the licenses, but there's, there has to be some kind of like, there's probably some cost to it, right? They, they probably spent a good, at least a few million dollars on making those things. Well, I'll do you hey, one better. On I'll do you one better. Yeah. How much do money it. do you think that they put into Funkoverse? Uh, based on the quality of the games, $43. And 12 cents and two jawbreakers. That was the research budget. It was like, hey, guys, we need you to develop 14 games, but they all need to have the same rules, uh, just different styles. Like, one's Jaws, one's Harry Potter, one's Marvel, and one's Golden Girls, but they're the same game. We just we don't think that the consumers are smart enough to figure that out, though. And who came up with that idea with Funkoverse? Oh, some one-legged prostitute in Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> prostitutes they have a stable of prostitutes now i have no idea but i will tell you and i'm not making that's i don't want to make light of it in the sense of like making fun <laughs> of them but it, it's just sometimes when you've backed somebody for so long you just want them to do good and i undoubtedly want funko to do well because i like their core product set i do i think that they push things to scale too quickly, too fast, and could not build themselves yes. a parachute. Yes, that's where their problem lies. And that's what they're trying to pick up and make up for the difference right now and adapt to the new world. And everybody has opinions. And I know that people who listen to this podcast are going to have vastly different opinions than what we have on the show. However, just like politics, you have a base, right? You have a base of people that support what you do. And in Funko's case, that base has grown tremendously since 2013 in the sense of what they want and what they do. And I just don't see that interaction that says, I mean, you could create like product Wednesdays. Here's some product designs and things that we want. And you don't even have to use the licenses that you would need to have approved from those specific uh, um, properties to to show people. You could use Freddie Funko and, and mock-ups of things that that you have master licenses for like Rick and Morty. Hey, we're thinking about this. We're thinking about that. Here's how it is. Let's pull the audience things, things along those lines. I mean, we're a podcast. We do that with our audience, right? They are a multi hundred million billion dollar company. And I just don't see that level of rigor. It's also important to realize that sometimes I made the comment about making light of things. Sometimes it just boils down to, you got to make yourself laugh so you don't cry. Yeah, that's true. And that's, that's, I think everyone over there is doing that right now. Just got to laugh, guys. Laugh now. It's, I don't know, man. I'm just like, I'm lost at this point. I mean, yeah, and, and I will say that this is sad stuff. Like everything, this is a fairly negative episode just because there's a lot of negative news right now, right? Like WonderCon, good. NFT stuff, okay. Everything else, uh, toilet. But, you know, I, I, I honestly, I think it's also important to say, hey, you know, we're, I still, it doesn't, this doesn't change my fact of like, we do what we do. We're not, we're not angry at Funko. We will continue this. I, I still, we still do support the company. And I think that, you know, I just, we just want them to do better. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to hang up my hat. I'm not going to throw all my pops in the garbage can and let all the, the wild pack of family dogs take them away. 
but I would I would love for at least Funko to to think about the things that they're doing and maybe maybe just like imagine your community, imagine your fan base like, you know, they want some stuff. It's not outlandish. It's not crazy, but you know, maybe don't don't do stupid things. Yeah, we care about it and the whole community do does. This. That's why we do what we do and that's why we have I've invested <laughs> how many hours of our lives and I moved to another part of the state and we opened a freaking store that's 75% dedicated to their stupid company. And now more than ever to that point, Piper, they impact our lives more than they know. So from a small retailer, reseller, going to conventions, setting up booths, things along those lines, we're invested, right? I mean, we have a stakeholder share in what we feel like we would like to see be successful for them because mutually benefiting both parties. So I'll wrap it up with that. Going back to the Mondo thing, interesting to see how they're making the decisions right now. I think that in my opinion, the bad news isn't over. I'm interested to see when the first quarter numbers come out because that's typically your slower quarter of the year. Uh, So it could be pretty damning in that respect to see what the numbers are and see if the changes that they made. I mean, they've been able to eliminate some inventory, but that doesn't necessarily mean there's more inventory behind that to replace it. I think that over the past three years, you lose vision because of um, no toy fair, no real toy fair to have a presence at where you can talk strategic alignment, but that was never with your consumer base. That's just with people buying your product. So retailers and resellers and not your fans. I I wish that they could come up with a convention where they dedicate it to the fans and strategy and what people like. I think that would benefit all collectible and toy makers in the future. So uh, unfortunate for the Mondo team, I know that those uh, individuals will land on their feet somewhere else and interesting to see what comes out of that because you could go direct compete and start doing your own thing. I mean, they could pick up tomorrow and start doing prints and things along that line that would rival it and start the company over. But or get picked up by somebody else and change the dynamic of whatever that company is. So interesting to see where that goes. Let us know what you guys think at Instagram and Twitter at pop Alliance pod info at popcollectorsalliance.com for the old email way, facebook.com slash pop collectors Alliance. And if you haven't already check out our website, we have sales and things going on PCAToys.com. Buy at least 15 or 20 items, and I'll give you a personal phone call and tell you how much I love you. <laughs> you got to call, gotta call Brendan then because he's bought a bunch of stuff. Oh, got to call Brendan. All right. I got the, I got the tasker for this week. So I want to thank everybody for their continued support over the years. This, this year is going to be great for us. Get back to Texas. We're going to get a studio, more videos out, all great things to come. Uh, from me being back in Texas and helping Piper out a little bit in the store. So, um, you guys, until next time, I'm Rick. And I'm Piper. Good night. And uh, go check out that, uh, that that RPG game we talked about. They, uh, pretty cool. I love you. Bye.